0: Welcome back to Your Mental Health Matters. As I like to start with every episode, uh, this space is for all of us. It's for all of us to be able to come and have a conversation, be able to share our mental, share our experiences, things that we've gone through, things that we're going through, and be able to like just express that to the world. Because one of the things I, I majorly, that I see, that I've seen actually, is that experience is the best teacher. And if you're able to learn from other people's experiences it can definitely help you out in your life and the different decisions that you have to make. So I'm very happy today to introduce my guest, Justin. Mm-hmm. Justin, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you do your, your own introduction.
1: Okay. So once, first of all, thanks for having me on your little episode right here because this is really an important topic that doesn't get touched a lot. So you bring a light to it, especially in our community, is very big. For me personally, I'm Justin I'm from Queens, New York. I'm a software developer, slash referee, slash author, slash a million other things. So anything I get my hands on, basically, I'm into it. <laughs> That's basically a quick synopsis of me.
0: Well, it's, I'm very, as I said before, I'm very excited to have you on today to be able to talk about our mental. And the first question I ask every guest before I, I start and we dive into our conversation today is, how are you? How, how are you? 2020,
1: man. That's all I'm gonna say. How are you? At today, August 9th, I'm good, but it's definitely been a long year for me. Cause like, to get, to get a little further, such cause it's a mental health topic. Leading up to the pandemic, I was getting burnt out. Like my daily schedule was: wake up four thirty, go to the gym, then go to the work, then go to work. After that, my nine to five. Then after that, either do grad school homework or go to a referee a basketball game. Get home 10, 30, 11, and then repeat, and I was just doing this vicious cycle every day. And the weekend we just basketball games all day, so I was getting four or five hours of sleep and getting burnt out. Lucky enough, unfortunately the pandemic happened. I had to slow down, but that kind of, that kind of saved me a lot. Yeah. And then even more recently, I have bad anxiety. Mm. That's something that doesn't get taught in school often. So then nope. with nowhere right like what's going on but it got I had in my worst recently like in the past month where i was getting maybe two to three hours of sleep max for the whole night every 30 minutes my body would jump up in shock so i'm like what is going on so i went to the doctor the doctor just tries to give you more drugs because one that's just how to make more money and that's i thought i put a band-aid on it because that's not getting to underline the issue why it's happening exactly So then I had to do my own little research on my own and speak to close friends that I had that went through similar issues. And they said, oh, like try yoga, try reading, meditation.
0: Meditation.
1: There's other things to calm your mind down, get your thoughts together. So I got to the point where I'm laying down trying to go to sleep and my mind is thinking about a million things, so i am never able to actually rest. Yeah. So just using my resources like that, I kind of got better at it and now I'm in a good space.
0: No, I'm glad you're in a good space, man, and I'm glad you had somebody, some people to talk to because one thing about me as well, bro, I I have, my anxiety is wild, generalized, OC, every, honestly, as I'm going through all the psychology pamphlets, I'm just like, I identify, I identify, Mm -hmm. I identify, so it's very important to find techniques to assist you in those moments of anxiety because those can start to feel overwhelming. And then yeah. you start to feel like they're just that's just your that's your only reality. So meditation, yoga, being mindfulness practices, those things help a lot. and we can definitely talk about it like after as well, like the different techniques I use mm-hmm. because anxiety hits me, and for a very long time, I didn't know how to hit back. but now that's I do.
1: that's the thing. I had it for years, but never got that bad. I was able to control it, yeah. I had like a basic go-to technique we always do, but then that started to fail. Like I said, I would go to sleep for 30 minutes, then jump up and shop. Yeah. That's the point where I was scared to go to sleep because I know it's gonna happen. Yeah. But actually doing my homework and reaching out to friends that I had and having meditation, those practices to actually help me improve my mental health definitely yeah. benefited.
0: Now, those things are important, man. And those things are things that I hope more people look into and Hope more people take seriously because it is something that one your mental will thank you for, and you will just start to see it reflect in your life. You see, you see it reflecting your affect. You see it reflecting just your mood in general on how you can tend to process things and understand things. But I'm glad that now you're able to have those techniques for sure, bro.
1: Appreciate it. Like I said, the doctor just wanted to say, "Hey, I take these drugs and call it a day." Yeah, the the drugs
0: is like we need to first figure out the underlying issue before we go to drugs i i listen to a lot of um, psych- um psychologists and one of the major things that they tried to do at least is like yo let's get to the main issue Yes. before because drug is the last resort like ha- going to drugs or prescribing that should be the last resort but like you said a lot of doctors just want to make that money that prescription money real quick so the drugs. I, if you need it, I, would, I definitely don't say don't take
1: the drugs. But definitely. I I'm, gonna take, I'm definitely going to go to it. But preventative care to even stop the attack from happening.
0: Exactly, those. exactly. And that's what we need to learn more. The preventive care. Yes. and that actually goes into what we're going to dive into today. And it, this this conversation, when it's funny because I had this thought, right? And then it's like as soon as I had the thought, God just started testing me. She was like, oh, this is what you're going to talk about? This is what it's in your heart? This is what... Now you need to face it. So our discussion today is um, strength. What's the definition? What's your definition? And the reason why I came up with that topic is because in my life, personally, i I've, I've, as the, I'll just say in the last two years, even that definition has been changing for me. And the definition that I've been trying to hold on to has not, has not, Worked for me is not working for me so when I thought about what's your definition it was a conversation that I wanted to have with someone in regards to how they how they see strength Mm -hmm. now the first the first thing when I started thinking about this was I went to my childhood (laughs) I went to how what what was told to me as being strong I'm from a Nigerian household so you know that's that's a major thing of making sure that you are strong making sure that you are doing this and doing that but as I grew up and as now where I'm at, I'm seeing that like some of those definitions don't work for me. Some of those definitions are outdated. Some of those definitions aren't something that would be able to allow me to move forward. So I guess my first question to you is, in your childhood, starting there and then we're gonna move forward. What was strength, how was strength defined to you in your environment?
1: It was basically said as a young African-American man growing up in South Jamaica, you just had to have the power to just go through any task. And the, the key factor was you kind of had to do it on your own.
0: Exactly.
1: You had to be the lion in the forest and always be on the hunt. And anyone that challenges you, you had to just attack them. Yeah. So that's kind of how, at a very young age, they, they it like, oh, you just had to always do this and be the leader of the household and always just take charge and if you don't, then you're not a strong person.
0: Yeah, and that and that's something that, I'm glad you said that because that's something that was told to me, like my strength was provision, making sure that you are an uh, essential provider for your family, that you make wow. sure that everything's on task. If you have children, you make sure that, I mean, and those are all things you should do. Those are great advice, but it's, there are in-betweens to get to that point that,
1: that means, is it.
0: left out in the conversation. Because then it's like, because then when they tell you what strength is, then you kind of kind of get the observation of what you think weakness is to them.
1: Exactly. So
0: what was your gauge of what weakness is to them, to the, to your environment, to when you were growing up, your influences were?
1: So for growing up, it was anytime you saw any vulnerability where you're not the strongest person around, you're a fool basically, where you're not a strong person, you're going to get attacked. And you're no longer a man basically and that's really how it was growing up in the black community when i when i was younger
0: yeah
1: and it was like oh you need help then you're not a strong person yeah you're not qualified to do it to do a job to be a leader of a household anymore
0: yeah
1: so i said they wanted you to do everything yourself and you're in competition with everybody else you're the strongest out of everybody <laughs>
0: that and like it's important to teach individualism but it's also important to give the techniques of that individualism. And it isn't just, yo, know, just go straight forward, just do that, do that, do that. Because I always talk about inevitable emotions. The emotions are going to come up while you're trying to accomplish something or accomplish a goal. Now, when you give me advice or when I give people advice, I make sure I hit those inevitable emotions because they are bound to come. And saying, oh, just if you don't, if you need help, you're not strong. If you need assistance or if you have a question, of something you should just know how to do. You're not strong. It's something that I think hasn't benefited us, hasn't benefited the Black community, hasn't benefited, if I was to be specific, Black men. And one of the, one of the things, when I was thinking about this, bro, I was thinking, like, one, I've always thought that women were stronger than men. I've always had that. But if I was to specify, Black women are <laughs> way stronger than us, bro. And let's just keep it on. whole buck because when I, when I look into the definition of strength, right? And I'll go into the chat, I'm just gonna read you something really quickly. Let me know, make sh- just let me know, you can still see me, right? Yes. It says mental health is defined as the capacity, mental, mental strength is defined as the capacity to deal with various stresses or challenges when they arise and still, form, and still perform at your best ability and, and your personal strengths. Mental strength is another core foundation of positive psychology. That is something that can be built and developed over time with purpose and practice. Positive psychology defines mental, mental strength through the following attributes. Adaptivity, endurance, steadfastness, de- dependability, effectiveness, fortitude of character. Now, when I read all of that to you, right, and when, when I read all of those positive, I, I personally believe every single person has that positive attribute. It's just their environment that can help them bring that out exactly. now, if I was to dive into one of the attributes, the first one being um adaptability, I feel like understand, when they tell us oh, you have to be strong that that does mean oh whatever comes your way, you got to be able to handle it, but what they don't describe is that when things come your way, it may not you may not you may not be able to handle it, you may not have the mental fortitude yet to handle it. They don't tell you that you may have to seek to then be able to solve this problem. So when I think when I, the question I want to ask you is in regards to adaptability, like how was that for you with your mentor?
1: So I was forced at a young age to adapt to a lot of things. Because I I grew up in, I was making queens, but I went to high school in Manhattan, Long Island. Mm. Which is a completely different environment.
0: Yeah,
1: where the only African-American people are the athletes, basically. So it's a culture shock for starters, and you have to adapt to a whole other way of life. But that also gave me exposure to see other things at a young age. Yeah. Because growing up in Queens, basically, the people you look up to was the drug dealers, the pro basketball players, and the rappers. So you had to idolize. Yeah. Then you go to Long Island where they have different mindsets you see, oh, people could be like lawyers and doctors realistically that look like us. Like, that's really, that was mind-boggling to adapt. Like, wait, yeah. you should have more options to make it out besides rapping and, and playing, play
0: playing Facts. So and, and that, not
1: to, I'm sorry, continue. I didn't want you. I so said, that, that was one of the times I to adapt a lot at a young age. I was, I was like 14, just seeing all this, trying to take all this in. It had to adapt to it. I couldn't turn to people right away because I didn't know many people maybe who was in my situation. Yeah, none no of my family was thrown into that environment before, and I never had any other friends that were thrown into that. So I had to kind of wing a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah, and it's like kind of now seeing this, having this exposure, but every time you go home, you're kind of in this in this bubble, I would say, in this so it's like two different mindsets you're battling constantly. You're you're going like when you said the drug dealers is who you had to um, idolize and everything. I want to if I can uh, stay with the black community specifically. I think that's one thing. Exposure is the key word, right? Yes. Exposure in regards to being able to understand there are different opportunities out there for you, but obviously in our community we don't get all of those opportunities. They don't. They don't come to us. So which then develops a mindset of the O.G.s, right? Of this is how you got to do it. This is what you got to make sure. A real man don't do this. A real man don't do that. Or you, you're not strong. You're weak for, for even thinking this way. You, oh, you trying to tell me your feelings? Nah, come on, bro. We're not talking <laughs> about see yourself, that. you yourself.
1: What's wrong with you? <laughs>
0: exactly. And now hearing your story and being having that ability, well, having that opportunity to then go to that other school and then it o- opening up your mind and you being able to see different things, I, I personally believe that that's more... That's what we need more in our community. And if I was to be specific in regards to black men, I had this thing where I was right. It's about competition versus collaboration. Yeah. Like what we're taught when we're younger and what I now understand as as an adult is collaboration is the key to life.
1: Exactly.
0: Collaboration is how you move mountains. You can't, no, no one person can do it themselves. They're going to need other people and... Sometimes needed other people doesn't mean that you need another person to help you in the function of the goal you want to accomplish. It may mean that you need somebody to hear your thoughts. You need somebody to vent to. You need somebody to be there for you emotionally. Now, if I'm just going to move it forward to just to, to this present day, 2020, how do you feel about that? The competition versus collaboration amongst our community, but specifically black men.
1: I feel like we don't collaborate enough. I feel like every other race. They sit together. They're like, "Oh, I know Joe Small over there. He gets a job, we will be good." But I feel like as black men, we always compete with each other for no reason. We always try to outshine each other. Who has the new flashiest thing? It's going to be one person up top. Yeah, you all can't win together. Sometimes it feels like. Yeah. They're like, "Oh, I'm scared if he starts eating off my plate, I can't eat anymore." That now I feel that's really outdated. Doesn't make sense. There's enough money to go around for everybody. Exactly. Resources to go around for everybody, but as you're saying, the strength you're scared to ask for help because then you saw so, you're seen as weak to other people. And that's what I took growing up, where you're seen as weak, you don't get respect, you deserve and things like that, and yeah. I can not really be a man at this level.
0: So when when did you start to see that like the things that you were being told I, from the hood and everything? I I, I definitely know school help, but when did you start to fully form what what your strength was? How you would define your strength?
1: I think having in college because I majored in computer science in college. Every class I was in, I was the only African American. Wow. So I kind of see my definition of strength is having the ability to attain a goal mentally and physically. And it's through resources sometimes, but it's just being able to attain the goal and have going through class every day where you don't have any friends. You just gotta focus on what you're doing and have that willpower mentally. Like then.
0: What well, What was the emotions going on around that time? Like, what were emotions were you feeling that kind of allowed you to gain that willpower and gain that
1: mental strength? That's the thing. I started like researching because the incident and everything like that. I see other successful like one percent black men who do other things and oh they're successful in this field that's not a typical field i want i want to be that next guy i want to create the new stereotype where all black men aren't what you see on tv and things like that because that's another thing that was brought to me going to these diverse schools i was our people's first black friend and (laughs) and at first they was like scared to interact with me and i'm like what's going on they're like, everything we see is based <laughs> TV. And everything in the media, we always placed in a negative spotlight.
0: Exactly.
1: And that's all we have to base it off of. So now it's just my strength is I'm going to create that new stereotype where every African-American isn't a gangster. There's ways to be successful where you don't have to be a drug dealer or a pro who We have other choices. I want people to follow to say, hey, I have other options to make it out. Whereas when that, I was growing up, I was in a bubble where I didn't know those other options to make exactly. it the typical things. So I kind of, that's just kind of pushing and motivating me to keep fighting and creating new stereotypes for us.
0: I think one of the most important things that you said is that you seeked out other inspirations. That's that's a thing that we, we also have to teach our youth, teach people in their early 20s. Hell, even our people our age that we get so stuck in this, this perception of this is success. This is me being strong. This is me showing that I can handle anything. But you're comparing it to something that really is not, a, is not something that you can truly aspire to if you really know who you are. So I, always, I think it's very important, and what you did is very important, seeking other inspiration, seeking people that look like you. That have this, that Black people that look just like you that are doing other things and use them as your inspiration. Like for me, when I started my journey with mental health, that was one thing that I had to, I had to like, I had to focus on. I was like, I don't have a mentor right now, but I know that when I get inspired, I know what my actions are. I know that when I'm, expi- when I'm inspired, I, I'm, I'm really there. I'm focused. I, I want like everything. I'm just there. So I had to seek out um, inspiration, like Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart is one of my biggest inspirations because (laughs) give it a buck with you. (laughs) I was watching Soul Plane. I didn't see his other movies. Never thought Kevin Hart was be Kevin Hart. Exactly. But if you really listen to his story and and he came from the same environments we came from, but understanding what he really did to like propel himself and part of part of the thing that they do tell us that we should keep in us. And when I say they, I mean our influences growing up or the environment we grew up in. One thing we should keep is that working hard is really essential. You have to be a hard worker. That is a a sign of strength. Being able to say, hey, I want this, and you work hard for it. And that's something that Kevin Hart constantly teaches me and inspires me to, to always look at that like, yo, okay, if I if I'm doing this, I need to make sure I'm putting hundred and ten percent. So inspiration is definitely something that we all need. Who are because you're you do different you do you, you do various things, bro. Who who are some people that you would say inspire you?
1: So for starters, Kevin Hart, because like when I first started dealing with anxiety and stuff, I got into audiobooks a lot. So mm-hmm. I'll be on a road driving a lot and I heard his story, his audiobook, where he said he would take the bus from Philly to New York to perform for people in New York we our people and then not get paid for it and then have to pay for the bus back home and then keep repeating that cycle It's just that grind to always not going to see the world right away yeah but you just keep that light at the light at the end of the tunnel thinking I'm going to make it one day it's going to be worth it I delay gratification okay so that, that was one big person and then my favorite athlete is LeBron James, because no matter what you say, as a basketball player, he has hate from everybody, but off the court, what he's doing, how he built his, I, be, I believe, school and stuff like that. Who else you know is doing things like that?
0: Precisely. Precisely.
1: Because everyone, everyone could do their regular nine-to-five job, but doing that extra that's not required, but you're still doing it because you're helping the next generation.
0: Yeah.
1: And that, and that kind of
0: – I'm glad you brought up LeBron James because I wanted to dive into mental strength, right? Can so the definition. what well, we kind of just went through. Hey, Mika, could you? I'm I'm so glad you're here. Could you mute your phone real quick? You're, there we go. <laughs> so, we, we dive into because you said LeBron James is mental strength. I believe okay. that that that's something that every single one of us in our day to day we are always we're constantly always making sure. I'm being mentally strong. Well, I hope we are in our mental that I'm being mentally strong. And when I think of mental strength, I think of attributes that most people probably wouldn't attribute to it, but I think gratitude. Mm -hmm. I think mental strength is understanding your gratitude, uh, being able to, to have gratitude in a day, even if shit is not going right. I think mental strength is being able to help others, being able to empathize with others, being able to be vulnerable and so if I, I wanted to ask you, what's your definition of mental
1: strength? As you said, just to see things through to a goal where you could always humble yourself, where things can always be worse. Sometimes you have a really bad day and you're like, man, why is, why is God picking on me today? But you got to remember what you're thankful for.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, I'm able to walk to the store. There's people in wheelchairs who can't do that. So just having that gratitude every day to just keep pushing me. Like you have to be thankful for what you have.
0: Exactly. Now, now, if you're if you said the word humble, right? I think humble is something that would allow you to even develop, even if you're not there yet, to continue to strive to develop a a, a really strong mental and. With humbleness, if you could describe the first time where you had to be mentally strong (laughs) and humble yourself, and then like learn from that experience, what what time in your life or what situation in life would you say that occurred?
1: So two times my life.
0: Not to cut you off, can you tell us the process mentally?
1: Okay, so two times my life, I got humbled hard. So like I said. I was fortunate enough to go to a, a good high school because of basketball in Manhasset. And then the end of my junior year, I started getting scholarship offers for D2 schools for basketball. So I'm on cloud nine, like, yeah, I have this coach come to see all my games and stuff like that. Then in the middle of my senior year, I sprained my ankle. Mm. So coaches went from seeing me score buckets to being on the sidelines with crutches. And then I stopped seeing those coaches come to my games. Ooh. So then, I
0: got
1: hurt. Once I'm healthy and stuff, because mind you, I have scholarship offers. I'm calling because because they just always call everybody, like, hey Justin, how's it going and stuff. Don't come for a visit and stuff again. To me reaching out to them now, like hey, long time no talk. And then they're responding, oh yeah, times are getting hard. We don't have any budget in our school and stuff anymore. Ain't hearing this from repeat coaches like. I went from guaranteed full ride to what am I doing in my life now? Yeah. So it got so real that it came up, it came up basically a bidding war for D3 schools where they can offer me the best package. They can't offer a full I, I feel like a scholarship. So because I had good grades, they could offer me financial packages. Yeah. And I didn't register for a college until a week before classes started. So <laughs> I had to just weigh out the best compensation package. Yeah. So me, like I said, me from being on cloud nine to, like, life get hit hard tomorrow. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: But I feel that all that happened for a reason, because if I don't went to a different school, I'd probably still be chasing hoop dreams, but I went to school I went to, still played basketball, I was able to get on track then, find other things that I had a desire for and passion for.
0: Yeah.
1: So that was the first time I had to get humbled, gratefully. Then the second time was my senior year of college, I actually was playing and my senior was a rebuilding phase for us in basketball. We had a bunch of freshmen and stuff like that. So the first half of my senior year, I'm averaging like 14, 15 points, getting 30 minutes a game and stuff. But then the second half of the season, I'm getting like 15 minutes a game. Oh. Coaches benching me and stuff now. And I'm like, what's going on? So I I pressed my coach like, hey, it's my senior year. What are you doing? And he looked at me, man, to man, and said, honestly, you're the only senior that's playing right now. I'd get them used to playing without you. Wow. And,
0: at and it's first, your senior I,
1: year. At first, I'm like, what you mean? But from a business standpoint, looking back, I, I understood what he had to do. Yeah. And that helped mold me for the rest of my life where every, all I think is strictly business. Mm. You got to somehow take emotions out of what you're doing if it's just business. Well, of course, he could have let me just keep Doing what I had to do my senior year, but then next year his, his kids would have had no experience. So yeah. he, sometimes, for the better of the program and stuff like that, he, I think long term, even though short term you might hurt a few feelings. And and I'm
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna dive in a little a little bit here, bro. If if you want to if you want to discuss it, you can discuss it. What were those emotions in those? Because for me, sometimes the way I learn is. I really can recall it happened how I felt.
1: That's (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing, because I remember it was late after practice. I was captain and everything, so we used to talk all the time, but I pulled up to his office, and then he told me what he said, and I'm just, like, stuck in a chair, like, wow. How do you say that to me as a senior, this last round playing basketball? And then I'm walking back to my dorm room, and mind you, as you said, I was the only scene I played, and my best friend at the time didn't live on campus anymore. So I'm taking that long walk back to the domes, like, what, what What? am I doing with my life right now? Mm. Why is this happening to me? Why am I getting picked on again? But I felt I had other emotional support at the time. And my That's girlfriend true. at the time was really supportive. And then just having someone i vent to, and having that resource, and mm-hmm. express... And just reminded me, tomorrow is going to be a better day overall. You also have to think long-term basketball isn't the end point. It's just a next stepping stone for you to go on the rest of your life. Exactly. The emotional point and resources definitely help me through those times.
0: And, that, and I'm glad you have those resources. Because when, I, when you were speaking, I was writing a couple of things down. That I'm, I'm, glad, that, I'm glad that you were able to, to handle that and get through that and overcome that. Because like you said, life can hit you tomorrow. Life can hit you hard tomorrow. And you gotta learn how to kind of sometimes take your emotions out of it if it's just business. And that's, that's mm-hmm. something I also like wanna harper on in regards to mental strength. Not personalizing a lot of things or inter- internalizing a lot of things. Because obviously you, like for basketball, you wanted to play and everything. But and I know hindsight is what showed you what really what what that situation was. But we have to be able to get in that moment of not being able of not internalizing something because that decision that the coach made. He was like you said, he was thinking long term about his next year. So it's not about you specifically. You're not a bad player. You're not doing anything wrong to hurt the team. He's he just has this thing in his mind, which is about him. And a lot of us let our mental strength and our mental health break down because we internalize something that was never for us, that was never meant for us to to internalize. And one of the most important things that you also said, and I'm going to get back to internalization, but I just wanted to cover one of the most important things that you said, venting. Being able to have somebody there or people there that you can vent to. You see, when we go back to the definition of strength, right? (laughs) Yo, and you should not be venting to nobody. Exactly. You should keep your head up high and keep it in.
1: You gotta be a strong
0: black man. (laughs) Yeah, be a strong black man and keep going. But when I when I address like the things that I learned then and things that I'm knowing now, bro, venting, being able to, and not even, and when I say venting, I don't mean an angry manner or anything, but being able to get it out. Being able to formulate those sentences in your, in your head, say it out loud, hear you say it, and then internalize it to yourself. That's a process that a lot of people don't utilize. And again, it, it goes back to what strength is and what we learned that it's like, you're not, for, bro, if I was to speak personally, right? Before I got onto this journey, I told you I come from a strict, a strict Nigerian home. Venting? <laughs> Venting? Yeah, Who you exactly see? your dad your mom your even your, your siblings that are there for you they i'm the youngest they already they doing it so it's like i'm not about to vent about something i gotta do that you already did they don't want to hear that they're doing what they gotta do but what i've come to learn is being able just being able to say it out loud to somebody is very important and i'm glad you had that support system
1: and just to piggyback on that because one of my many jobs in college was being a resident assistant so i had a bunch of kids in the dorm that I was in charge of. Yeah, That's kind of how I learned how strong having resources was for people. Because I thought that people made different backgrounds, that first time being away from their parents and stuff like that, and they're freaking out. But yeah. me being a resource for them as an RA and having someone to vent to and calm them down, and just to see things from a different point of view, I saw how much it helped them. Yeah and I applied that to my own life. Yeah. So I might be just seeing something straightforward, but if I've been to my friend here, he might be like, "Hey, from this point of view, go see like this." I wasn't even thinking like that. I always like say it's a whole other world.
0: I, I always say it's always important to have a third voice because you have your you have your unconscious thoughts that's happening. You have the conscious thoughts, and they're just going back and forth.
1: Exactly. So
0: it's always important to have, and that's why it's important for me is my spirituality. My spirituality created. Like, obviously, I still talk to my friends and everything. I'll say they're the fourth voice. But my third voice is when I'm there, when I'm when they're fighting, I go to God. Because <laughs> that's, that's the third voice for me. That's who's going to then be like, okay, maybe you should see it this way. Or maybe you shouldn't, or maybe you shouldn't be looking at it this way. And that kind of makes me want to transition. And just for a little bit, I'm going to... Um, just be specific in regards to our community and black men a lot of things that i've seen amongst amongst black men amongst my friends people around me is that our ability to to state our emotions let me just say point blank is lacking yes
1: it's
0: it's lacking in a heavy way and it's something we continue to breeze over it's something that a lot a lot of men continue to to still stay with the old stereotype that we were talking about. Like, yo, what I learned is I, I don't talk about it. I handle it and I make, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm gonna be good. So I first wanted to ask you in regards to how do you feel about like black men in our community in regards to seeking help?
1: As you said, I feel it's lacking a lot. Even while I was going through stuff, even like going to therapy, let, let's let you say to someone you want to therapy. You're like, sure. oh, what's wrong with you? You're going to mental into social stuff like that. But talking to other friends who dealt with high anxiety, they're like, try that, because that's what helped them. Yeah. So I actually signed up for that, even though I have my anxiety under control now, just to have another resource. Yeah. Because it can't hurt. Just to help me. I might be thinking, my problem is this and this and this, but having a deep conversation with a professional, might be like, when you was 10... You That's going you. Exactly. <laughs> but exactly. being a black man, you're not supposed to be able to show any vulner- vulnerability vulnerability or anything like that. So you gotta always stay strong, you gotta always do everything yourself. But I felt kinda like reinventing the will. If if someone else went through something similar, why not seek their help and see what they did to solve that problem? Exactly. Instead of repeating their mistakes over and over and wasting your time and your Mental health, you could talk to your friend that went through it and went, Oh, just do this. And that was my solution. It might not work, but it might jump you leaps ahead of where you were before.
0: It might put a battery in your back. It might give you a different thought. My pastor once said to me when I was younger, bro, I was probably like 16 when he said this, stayed with me, like will stay with me for the rest of my life. A smart person learns from their mistakes, a wise person learns from other people's mistakes. And I want all of us, black men, black women, our community to be wise, to be able to talk to one another, learn from each other's mistakes, to move forward. And you, t- you touched on something and the word vulnerability. Now, for me, the word vulnerability is still, and in this discussion, just to let you know, this, these things are still things I'm working on, not going back to the default, not going back to what I learned, always keeping these techniques, front and center. Vulnerability is a word that I, I make sure and I go back and forth with because I think vulnerability is the true aspect of strength. And that's why I said, number one, women are stronger than us because oh. they're, <laughs> they're able to access this vulnerable state that is their truth. And that's what vulnerability is. Being able to access your truth and be comfortable with your truth at any time to then share it with the world. So would you say, how are you in vulnerability? How are you in regards to being vulnerable? And I'll I'll, I'll put this in a spectrum with your friends and relationships and your family and socially.
1: Because that's the thing. I try to be as open as possible on social media because I feel like if I'm going to do something, someone else might be going to do the same thing and they can relate to it, connect on that level. But because I, because of my past I've been hurt in the past So I do have walls up And reaching certain levels of vulnerability Is hard for me now Especially because with Going back with the old You gotta be a strong black man Because of X, Y, and Z You can't show any flaws or anything like that But I feel like me being As open as possible And showing that I am vulnerable to an extent Helps me learn a lot Because people are more open to approaching me yeah. The so like I may need help from him or I may be able to help him.
0: Yeah, Exactly. He seems
1: open to me to receiving help. Exactly. It, it opens see- it
0: opens your eyes. It's a vulnerability brings clarity. It brings clarity exactly. to what to perception essentially. And I just I again I'm gonna keep prefacing it if you don't want to talk about it, bro. You know, that's it. But walls up for me. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh, talking about me. That's (laughs) that's me right there, walls up. And a lot of people would never. But I had to learn. And when I was trying to, when I was learning about myself, I saw that, bro, I I put some walls up. I thought I was this empathetic, vulnerable person. Yeah. I thought I was this empathetic, vulnerable person. (laughs) But there was this wall. That was just there. That was very limiting. So my question to you is, number one, why did those walls go up? And number two, like, how did you really come to to understand it and then come to overcome it?
1: So that's the thing. The walls first came up because I was being vulnerable and, like, got let down and got hurt. And then so my mental aspect is you don't want that to happen again. You got to put the walls up. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, over time you think that all oh, those walls aren't aren't there no more until people touch certain spots or certain topics. And you're like, oh snap, it really is there still.
0: And part a trigger.
1: Of, yes, yeah, you get triggered for something. And part of my best technique to get over that is I tell people to call me out. If you see me put up a wall being defensive, call me out. I'm not gonna attack you, but sometimes I might not see I might not see because I'm caught up in the episode. I'm caught up being triggered. But just as a friend, as a partner, call me out on my BS. Because mm-hmm. I'm trying to strive to get better and to not have all these walls up and be as open as possible.
0: But my question now to you, because number one, that's very important. And that's actually bold to be able to do because, bro, you just don't know any moments where I could just hit you with that. Like, hey, you're doing I'm a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you're, not doing, you're doing a lot. But I want you to internalize that. Internalize that that feeling because that's something I connect with. I connect with when you said the letdown. That because I sometimes think about before I experienced my huge my trauma, my huge trauma in my life that I that I go back to sometimes. I think about that guy before, right? And that guy was willing to be, bro. I didn't care. I didn't care. I'll be vulnerable to anybody. I'll I'll I'll, let, I'll talk to anyone. It doesn't matter, but for me specifically, and I, was, I would also say for black men, and this goes into building relationships, right? Specifically, it, it's about getting hurt, right? Yeah. That's the one, I read one time, and bro, you probably read this before, like, yo, black women ain't trying to deal with a guy that's just still hurt about, like, shit that <laughs> happened when he was 15, and he's still, like, trying to act out on what happened when he was 15.
1: Exactly.
0: Like, ain't trying to deal with that. And I'm not talking about I was 15, I was in my 20s. But it was kind of like that, like I got hurt. I got hurt because I was just being the vulnerable me. And it wasn't something that was reciprocated or accepted in that time. So my question to you, I guess, is when that hurt happened, what what was, how did you, I want to say, how did you feel? But also, how did you then come to a point where it was like, okay, maybe this has affected my vulnerability to a point that's starting to hurt me.
1: So I guess, when the trauma first happened.
0: <laughs> and tell, you know, we're all friends here, no judgements, well, you can tell us what happened if that, you want to.
1: <laughs> that, that's when my anxiety first started to develop. And I would have like a panic attack in random places. And that's all because I was so be vulnerable and got, it wasn't reciprocated prop- properly, as you said. And then, I thought, what was the second part of the question?
0: So, in regards to when you realized that, like, your vulnerability was affected, and it was starting to be detrimental to yourself.
1: So, that's something. I I was scared to be as social as I I usually am. Usually, you put me in front of anybody, I'll have a conversation with them. But it went from me not being able to have a partnership anymore, to my daily life being affected, where... Even in my regular day, nine to five job, people noticing, hey, Justin isn't being a social butterfly anymore. What's going on? And when you have like bosses and <laughs> things like that, realizing it, not just your close friends saying it, because normally your know, friends are saying it, you're like, oh, don't worry, they're just making stuff up. Yeah. When you have mutual parties saying, hey, you've changed, they don't know why at all, but they just say they've noticed a different you. And I didn't wanna become a different me. Yeah. The me I was growing up developed to who I am today. Yeah. And if, I, if I'm moving, going backwards, then that's removing years of experience that I had. Yeah. So and that's, just, that's, that's,
0: that's, the math, that's the math of life, isn't it? Like when I, when I think about this concept, right? When I think about black men, when I think about relationships, and then how we move forward in forming relationships, right? I wrote here forming healthy relationships <laughs> because what then happens is that process is we get hurt. We think that's how life is. And then we reserve ourselves. And then everybody else that we're with is getting this reservation self that they, and they will never access the full you. And then, exactly. but what's happening is, although they're not accessing the full you, you're not accessing. The for you, and then you get comfortable in a state of just not being fully you, and then you then think like you said, oh, I'm still, I'm good, I'm chilling, until so people start to call you out and everything. And I think in our community, that's that's a like for me, I'm I'm part of that community right now, of the unhealthy relationships. At that was that, like a couple years ago, where I had to look hindsight and understand that like, you know, maybe I was the that
1: was the problem. That's the thing. You, you never want to admit to yourself that maybe you yeah. were that problem. Exactly. And the time when I got hurt, I realized I was putting someone in a situation where their back was against the wall. hmm Where, of course, at the time, I'm like, how could you do that? But looking from a more mature version of myself, I see that was their, that was their best opportunity at the time. Yeah. That was in their best interest.
0: Yeah,
1: it might not have been beneficial for me, but for their own personal growth, I was kind of limiting them.
0: Yeah, and that's the discernment, isn't it? That's yeah. what you have to discern, and then, like you said, not lie to yourself and and kind of like internalize to understand that, like, hey, what do I need to work on? And that's a lot of times. Sometimes I feel with because I I feel with with black men, they don't do, in a sense of like we don't. Inter- we don't want to internalize it The proper way We want to internalize like it was just done to us yes. But we don't want to internalize it As what did we do Or what, did, what didn't we do
1: Because we always want to pass the blame to someone else Yeah, you know want to pass to, to
0: alleviate Your dissonance, to alleviate your mind In the sense of how you're thinking about it And that kind of makes me Want to go into, the, into an, Another topic in regards to Relationships and black men in regards to suffering through it. You know that, like, for us, that definition, suffering through it, we learned it from, from junk. Yo, bro, yeah. what's going on? Keep to yourself, figure that shit out, and come back out. Like, I, bro, I talk about my brother a lot on these episodes. Because <laughs> my brother, to me, is, like, one of the most important people to my growth. He was very pivotal in my growth. But part of what I can now discern is that my brother was very heavy on... My brother will help you. He will help you. He'll make sure you're good. He will make sure you're... But don't tell him no emotional shit, bro. <laughs> like, tell him what's going on. Tell him how you thought about your solutions. And then he'll try to help you if that solution is, is what you should be doing. So going back to just suffering through it, it was kind of like I would, I would ask for advice when I was younger, but not the part that I really needed advice about. <laughs> <laughs> like you am know, feeling this way, bro. I can't have that conversation. So have you ever in your life, and I want to I want you to stick more to your to your adulthood where you suffered through it and then it was a detriment to yourself and then you had to learn from that experience?
1: Well, just like as you say, going through relationships and stuff like that where you kinda I told you this the purpose stuff. Mm-hmm. Especially as you get older. And compare yourself to your parents' time where, hey, you're 25 and you don't have a kid yet? Not married and stuff yet? So that's more pressure just placed on you all the you, time.
0: You see my face, bro? I got just quick disclosure for everybody on the line, not special at all, bro. I have... I have seven. They all got married before 26. In 28. <laughs> 28, imagine... Oh, those conversations... Bro.
1: <laughs> so just saying, hey... So after my, after I was hurt, I used to start putting up with other things that I wasn't, I shouldn't have. So I felt that I had to, I felt that I had to settle a little bit because I'm reaching this age now. I gotta make my family happy, give them a grandkid and of things like that. Yeah. But that kind of started putting me in a deep place dealing with people I shouldn't have. hmm And I realized that was being be detrimental to my health because as men, we get mentally abused also. <laughs> <You know? laughs> talk about it. Talk
0: about it. and And women, you guys are the greatest. You guys are amazing.
1: Yes, of course, of course. You, you deserve
0: the best. But talk about that part, bro.
1: But especially because everyone has their insecurities and stuff, but when they project it on you and then you start to believe sometimes that, hey, did I do something wrong? <laughs> I'm I'm laughing because like, I connect with that. Like I will post a shirtless picture, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting a phone call right away. And I'm like I'm like what should I, I have a picture And just little things like that where, oh, you just fire street streets stuff like that. I'm like what what do you mean? But you deal with that abuse. people way to say as part of abuse of mental health also though. A lot of people don't
0: a lot of people don't like to talk about verbal abuse. We, I mean, you're told
1: something over and over again, you start to believe it. Exactly. That's why <laughs> if I do the opposite now where I tell myself every day, you're going to be successful, I believe it. But when you have someone that you're close with always saying things to try to put you down, you eventually start to believe it because that's all you're being told. Exactly. And as part of our community, you don't have those resources sometimes to say, hey, that's not right. Because you got to be this strong rock all the time. And a guy being mentally abused, what, what is that? That's definitely definition of being weak. Weak
0: yeah, occurrence, being, we, we being pussy, that's what niggas will say. Yo, you being exactly. pussy, bro. What you mean? You couldn't handle that she said that to you, bro?
1: Exactly. Oh, you're getting soft? Exactly.
0: Facts. Facts. And it goes back to the beginning of our conversation and then here, right? That balance. What you know what you come to know, what's happening. What I know is, I shouldn't I shouldn't feel no type of way that she's saying this over and over again, even, even if she's incorrect. What you come to know is, nah, she should probably say something. <laughs> exactly. And the situation <laughs> Just, yeah. that you're in is like, it's being yeah. said at you over and over again. So you're still battling those two thoughts. And this situation is dissolving or unraveling. And then I feel like if I, for me personally, I, that's a, that's that situation was something I went through, where it was like got hurt, like you said, got hurt, felt 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 a pain I never felt before, and it started to kind of settle a little bit as well. Started to kind of like be in situations that I generally wouldn't be in, but you know, exactly. new these these thoughts are in my head, and then you're fighting like you know, you know what that's that's not effective. She's just saying that, like, it's cool. Like, I'm, but it is, it is affecting you because a year in, you're believing things that a year ago, ain't nobody could say to you. (laughs) Nobody could tell you that. And that's the thing that men in the emotional process, right, don't want to deal with. You have to be able to deal with understanding that, like, yo, sometimes the things that are being said to you do affect you. And this is not the moment to, just be like I'm a I'm a tough do it. But it's not so it's also not the moment to be yelling at anybody or or trying to make or belittle anybody. That's why I always talk your mental health matters. It's important to be able to then speak about your mental in a healthy manner. Be yes. able to tell you that hey yo when you when you continually say this because a man in a sentence with a girl I had to learn this. I'm still learning it <laughs> saying this sentence Yo, when you continuously say this, the way it makes me feel.
1: Duh. Dumb.
0: <laughs> Duh. Dumb. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like being able to say, hear yourself say that, but understand why it's important to say that. And it goes reverse for a woman in a relationship with a man as well. I always I have two female best friends. And I always tell them, bro, if you don't like the way he's talking to you. It don't take nothing but a moment for you to let him go crazy a little bit. Calm down, see him calm down, and then tell him, "Yo, I don't." If you gotta be g about it, yo, I don't like the way you're talking to me. I don't like the things that you're saying. And then if that man can understand your feelings in that moment, not saying so you gotta leave him, but in that moment you gotta leave him. Yes, because that means that man still needs time. He still needs time to be able to discern and understand that whatever you feel in a moment based on his action, and same, rep- same with men and women needs to be addressed. I'm not just saying something to you because I, I just wanna say it to you. And that's how you build healthy relationships. But with, in our society, in our culture, it's no, you don't do that. Telling a woman how you feel or how you really feel about something is frowned upon. You'll be looked at as weak.
1: And that's the thing, communication is lacking a lot in our society, especially in relationships. Especially you to the old relationships where the man just makes a demand and the woman's supposed to do it. And that
0: a whole. Line. I have sister. Any no man telling my it. sister just what to do and then she just do it. I'm sorry, exactly. can't can jack it.
1: Exactly. I, I remember this. No, 2020 is different. It's not how yeah. your parents was. Not how your grandparents was. Yeah. Communication is key to every relationship. Yeah. And been, to be able to receive. Start the criticism, both ways. You able to How are me you are
0: receiving criticism?
1: <laughs> now I'm good. Keep it a book. Keep it a book. <laughs> now I'm good. Like I guess I'm a, I'm an open book. If, if I'm tripping, check me. I, I I appreciate. I'll thank you in a moment. I'll I'll freeze to listen to what you're saying because I I'll, I'll hear everything you're saying. I might not listen to it fully, but I'll hear you out. <laughs> I'm not gonna cut you off and just be one minded. Yeah. Especially because that's the other thing. People used to always try to bid me into arguments and I would fall for it. Yeah. But now I'm my peace of mind and mental health is not worth it. It's not. And people get mad at me for not falling for that anymore where, oh, how can you not argue with me? You're not showing you care. I'm saying, no, I'm showing you I care still, but I'm not gonna argue. I disagree. Yeah. I'm not gonna keep trying to push my point. I'm gonna other points of views. And just leave it at that. Yeah. And
0: open-mindedness is a key word you use. Like being open-minded. I think that's something that we all need to make sure that we establish in our mental health. Like the way your mental, it it sounds weird. I feel like even in my head as I'm saying it, but I'm going to say it out loud. It sounds weird (laughs) to me. But like your mental health goes to its full capacity when you're open-minded, when you're able to take a criticism in if you don't need it you don't internalize it and you keep it pushing but if you do and you hear it and you understand it and you're able to discern it you internalize it and make the proper changes and a lot of times a lot of us are closed minded a lot of us are in that one state of mind i used a couple in my early 20s i think i was closed minded bro when i when i look hindsight
1: talk about it man
0: no nah, i <laughs> To be real with you, I thought I was very close minded because I was this guy thinking I was open minded, right? But I'm gonna cut you I'm gonna, when you're saying something to me and I don't like how it's going, I'm gonna cut you off. I'm gonna try to switch it to, to just how I'm seeing it. And in my mind, I'm listening to you, but no, nah, I'm I'm just listening to me. I'm listening to you so I can tell you what I wanna say. And that's something that a lot of us do and I had to learn that that's that's a no-no. That's not how you Now you properly want care for somebody. There's no way you can empathize with somebody in that moment. And your guards are already up. You're defensive. You can't be vulnerable if you're defensive. So I had to learn all of that to understand that, like, okay, maybe I'm not being as open minded. And then I had to learn the open mindedness of, of things. So if we're just going to our general community, right? And we're talking about strength and what that definition is to you. I would like to ask you, can you define now in your current state, what is strength to you?
1: So currently 2020 me is it still has the the core of having the ability mentally and physically to obtain a goal, but now it's with using resources if needed. Growing up was you gotta do it by yourself. Now is also If you could YouTube how this guy did it and find an easy way to do it, that's part of being strong. Being able to put your ego aside mentally and saying, hey, that guy might be right. Might be my way of doing it, but I might be more efficient. I'm going to do it that way. And being strong enough mentally to humble yourself to do that, that's my new version of it.
0: You Yeah, bro, you use perfect words, bro. Ego, humble,
1: (laughs) Google. (laughs) YouTube. <laughs> you That's how Re-
0: But the I guess it all falls on that umbrella of resources.
1: Yes. I think
0: for me, if I was to answer that question, strength is being able to utilize all your resources. Being able, I when I think about strength, right, I also think about courage. I think about because you need you need the strength, the fortitude, everything to move forward, right? But that courage is that feeling that gets you there, and Part of courage is being able to be vulnerable, being able to ask for help, being able to admit you're wrong and be corrected. Because, like you said, you're looking at the bigger picture. I think that's what strength really is. And what I hope, what I want, what I pray for is that Black men, and just all of us, I'll be just being specific about Black men because I got my friends and everybody, so I want everybody to be good. Black men can understand that, like, therapy, talking to somebody, being able to research something, maybe an emotion you're feeling, being able to share it
1: out loud, that's strength. And that's not the control, that's the thing. Not to single Black men out, but it's just like the whole Black Lives Matter, just to put more emphasis on that young Black men have to be able to see that mental health is really important using your resources. Like I said, I feel every other culture is taught that at a young age, except us.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: And being exposed to it, I'm like, your parents taught you that when you was a kid, whereas I had to go through different hard times to actually learn that myself through experience. Exactly. The thing is,
0: I think one of the most important things is, I mean, experience is the best teacher, right? Experience, either from external or internal, is the best teacher, but. It's very important to just, so we can, we need to set the record straight because the reason why this is so important to me is because every young person, I need them to have the record straight because what I learned, bro, for me, until, you know, 28 is the best year. I know 2020 is a little crazy, but I think i have probably learned more about myself this year than I have in 27 years.
1: You're not the only one, man.
0: (laughs) But when I say set the record straight, I mean, let me tell you that being just macho all the time and not expressing your feelings or not having an outlet will be detrimental to your development.
1: Yes. You know that
0: bag you want to get? Will be detrimental to that bag you're trying to get. You know that girl you want? will be detrimental to that fine girl that you want, because she's not going to want you, bro, because you're not going to have, like you said, the communication skills, the ability to empathize, the ability to be vulnerable, because a man obviously needs the strength, right? But the only, when I told you, the thing I take from the experiences and the influences of my past is the provision. One thing for me that I do understand is I need to, I want to make sure as a man, I'm able to provide. I'm able to provide for my, my eventual wife, my eventual kids, my family, my, my siblings, my parents. I'm able to provide. That strength, I'm not getting rid of. Y'all yeah, was right about that. But everything else, I'm trying to live a real human experience. And to have a real human experience re- requires me to be able to show my emotions, be able to talk about my mental health, be able to come to terms with my truth, express it to somebody and not constantly feel judged. Exactly. That's the spectrum. That's the environment that we need to create for ourselves. And you go into Black Lives Matter, the youth, us, I, I keep saying our generation has, a, has an obligation now. We've been chilling, <laughs> we've been chilling, but we have an obligation. Black Lives Matter is our obligation. Yes. Because the ones after us will need the strength that we exuded now to continue our work. But we have to be good examples. We have to be able to show them that there are some things that you need to know that maybe wasn't taught to us. We learned and now we're going to teach you. And that kind of takes me to the last question I have for you. And. I wanted to ask you, if you were to... Because one of the main reasons, just a quick backdrop, and just speaking on you as well, bro. One of the main reasons why I wanted to speak to you is because I've seen your evolution. I've seen you disciplined. I've seen you just be yourself. I don't know all those stories, but as I continue to... Bro, I've known you for what, over six, seven years? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As I continue to see you progress, I see... This person is being themselves. It's is fully comfortable in their skin. So my last question to you is if there's, somebody, if there's somebody out there that's currently dealing with understanding strength, understanding that what they should listen to, what they shouldn't listen to, and also trying to gauge their strength, what's the advice you would give them to make sure they keep in the back of their minds all
1: the time? Well, first off, I would say you don't always have to fit in. I felt the like the younger version of me always tried to find a way to fit in, whereas the older moment showed me now I'm making my own path. And then actually taking time to focus on working on yourself. Like one of the hardest, part. as you said, you went lot about yourself this year, I did too. Where right now I can't be in a relationship because I've been focused on stuff and put out stuff myself, about myself. And just breaking myself down back to the trauma and then the walls and everything like that. And just being able to tell them you can be vulnerable. And then try to learn from everywhere you can because there's a million people on the internet that you can learn from for free. You don't, you don't have to always pay a resource if you don't have the sufficient funds. You could just YouTube successful people and see some some of the steps that they took. And then I know I'm a little off topic, so you could send me back to the the question. No, again. go
0: ahead, bro. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> That's kind of been like one of my things where I'm seeing how Jeff Bezos and people like that, some of their childhoods and things like that, what they went through, their experiences. Not to say I thought I had it rough; they had it worse, and still were successful so I stop being excuses for myself and stop being complacent that's so something I got complacent a lot of points in my life where hey I'm kind of successful I can just chill now but now if like I have a bigger mission to help the next generation as you were saying and people to follow because one of the things I do right now is my little more inspirational quotes. I get hit ups from random people saying hey you don't know how much that helped me do my day today. Like, I felt those quotes are dope. <laughs> they was like, oh, I felt I was the only person experiencing this. And then I saw that and I lo- no longer felt like I was alone. And that helped me get through it. And I'm like, wow, I have strangers who so I'm kind of helping now.
0: Yeah.
1: And that kind of sometimes mean, means more to me than any like financial gain. Because money is materialistic. That come and goes. But actually seeing someone else smile because of you that kind of touches my heart a lot.
0: Yeah, that's doing the work. That's doing the Sounds
1: service. If I could help the, the next kid that looks like me 10 years from now, just keep pushing, like, hey, just be mentally strong. You're going to get through this. Whatever you're going to do right now, just trust in God. That's another resource you have. Or trust in whatever, the higher being you believe in, that whatever happens is going to happen for a reason. You may not understand it right now, but down the road, you understand it. Like, going back to my experiences, <laughs> I lost the scholarships at the point I didn't get it. But now where I'm at right now, I wouldn't be here <laughs> doing this conversations right now because I'll be somewhere trying to play ball still.
0: Yeah.
1: But that had to happen for a reason for me to be here today to evolve and develop and have this conversation with you now.
0: That's beautiful, bro. That's beautiful.
1: <laughs> I think that's, like
0: you, that's, guys. that's. You as you were speaking, it's like I knew some but I'm like, I'm hearing you. I'm I'm hearing you say it to me. Like, that's a fact. That's a fact. And you cut
1: me off. I'll be rambling sometimes. You gotta cut me off. <laughs>
0: nah, you're not rambling, bro. You're speaking, you're speaking straight facts. And I truly appreciate you for be for being candid enough to share your experiences, share your mental, share your perception on things. Hey,
1: I just want to thank you for having me, man. Cause I like, said so I appreciate what you're doing here. Especially, like I said, I had my battles with my mental health and my anxiety. And I didn't have no one to, to turn to. That looked, like, that looked like us right away to say, hey, it's okay to look, look for resources.
0: Yeah.
1: I had to humble myself enough to say, hey, I need help. Yeah. I can't do this by myself.
0: Yeah. And that's so very now, important.
1: So let's say back then I found your YouTube thing and you're doing what you're doing now. That could have helped me. Yeah. I, was, I want you to keep doing what you're doing. You don't know who you're going to help down
0: the road I definitely will I definitely will bro This is this is something that I always tell people it's, it's, it's the closest Thing to me bro It's the closest thing to me In my journey, in my story, as I'm writing my story It's the most important thing to me So I, I also Want to thank you I want to thank you for agreeing to be on your mental health matters I want to thank you For as I said before Sharing your experiences Because I really I, by the way, I've already like fast-tracked this whole conversation. This was a great <laughs> conversation, bro. I really enjoyed this conversation. And some of the things you said, I did say to myself, wow, I'm glad it's not only me. So thank you. I really, really thank you. And if there's not anyone else that would like to comment on the call, this is where I say see you next time, everyone. And thank you, Justin, for coming on Your Mental Health Matters.
1: Thanks for having me, man.